You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. It's Thursday, and so you know what that means. Thank goodness it's Thursday. I'm excited about today because we're looking at Luke chapter 5. And Luke chapter 5 has some incredible stories, some of the, yeah, some of the most memorable from Jesus's life, like when he calls the first disciples and he says, come and follow me because I will make you fishers of men. When he cleanses the leper, when he heals the paralyzed man, when he calls Levi or Matthew, the tax collector, and when he talks about new wine in new wineskins. And so looking at this chapter, I kind of see it through new eyes because recently Jen and I, we watched um, the Chosen TV series about the life of Jesus. And if you haven't heard of it or if you haven't watched it yet, I would highly recommend it. The Chosen. It's a multi-season um, series about the life of Jesus. And only season one is out so far, but they did such a great job portraying who Jesus is, as well as filling in kind of the backstories of the disciples. And you really start to see some of their personality shine through in ways that you don't get when you're reading, but they did it in a way that is consistent with the text. And and they took some artistic liberties in some ways, um, but nothing that wouldn't be plausible within the stories already written in scriptures. And so I loved how they did, yeah, seeing it visually, Jesus calling Peter to follow him. And when, when Peter his boat was overflowing with fish because Jesus told him to put his net down, even though Peter had been out fishing all night and he knew that he wasn't going to catch anything. If he's like, listen, I've I've thrown my nets out all night long, throwing it out one more time is not going to get me fish. But because Jesus is the Messiah and Jesus is the one who has power even over nature, that when Peter threw his nets down, it was loaded with fish. And so they were just astounded because they were fishermen and they'd never seen anything like this. And, and so you could kind of see the willingness of Peter and his brother, Andrew and James and John to follow Jesus because Jesus did something spectacular that was personal to them. And they were also anticipating the Messiah for the whole life. They were looking forward to the Messiah who had come and saved them from the chains of Rome. And so when Jesus displayed his power over nature and did this miracle, and then asked them to follow him, they were eager to go follow him. And Jesus said, come follow me, and then you will now on, you will be fishers of men. And so they may not have known exactly what that meant at the time, but they were excited because, ooh, we're going to fish men, and we're probably going to gather an army together to, you know, take over the Romans. But what's interesting is that they started following Jesus, And soon after, kind of the next story, they start finding themselves in some rather odd and uncomfortable situations. You know, they started to realize maybe the Messiah that we're following is a little different than the Messiah that we had in our minds or that we were expecting. Because this Messiah, as we see in Jesus, especially when he cleanses the leper, he cares for the neglected and the despised. Those who are repulsive or seen as an inconvenience, Jesus went out of his way for them. Those people who would make them unclean, quote-unquote, ceremonially unclean, even by being seen with them, Jesus would hang out with those kinds of people. And so reading the story of Jesus cleansing the leper in a, you know, in the age of COVID-19, where quarantine and social distancing and, and making sure not to have contact with people is part of our daily vocabulary, this is really interesting 
because Jesus' disciples, upon seeing this leprous man, they would have backed up. They would have, if it was today, they would have been putting on hand sanitizer. They would have been putting on face masks and, and gloves and all kinds of PPE and like spraying Lysol. But Jesus, instead, he goes to the man. He talks with him. And it says that he touched the man. Jesus was willing to heal him and able to. And he heals the leprous man. And listen, I'm not advocating for you to go out and touch people who are infected with COVID-19. But there's something about the, the risk that Jesus' love brings with it. You know, if it came down to someone who was desperate for help and, and helping them could put you at risk of being infected yourself, then, then the cost of spending two weeks in quarantine and potentially getting sick or losing your reputation might be the cost of loving people like Jesus did. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but there may be opportunities to love people, even if it's not people with COVID-19, but love people who would otherwise maybe put you at risk or put your reputation at risk, um, because that's what Jesus did. And we see that again when Jesus calls Levi, a tax collector, to follow him. And then he goes and has dinner with the tax collector. And he, and the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders, they're grumbling because they're like, who is this Jesus guy that he's eating with a tax collector and other sinners, they say. Because doesn't he know that if he's with them, he'll become unclean? It's bad for his reputation. He'll have to go to the temple and do all kinds of ceremony and rituals to become clean again. And we are so much above that because we are righteous. But what we see here is that when Jesus is fishing for people, it's not those who are sick or dirty or sinful that infect Jesus. Because that's how the law worked. It's if you touch something unclean, you become unclean. It's uncleanliness that is contagious. But with Jesus and the kingdom of God, when he touches the leper or eats with sinners, it's not him who becomes unclean, but it's the people that Jesus touches that become clean. And so with Jesus, the, the new kingdom of God, the new covenant is that cleanliness, purity of heart is contagious by those who follow Jesus and share his good news. And so in the kingdom of God it is the sinners who need Jesus. Like he says, it is not those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so that's why at the end of this chapter, when Jesus says, listen, you don't need, you don't put new patch on an old cloth or new wine into old wineskins. You put new wine into new wineskins. He's saying, I didn't just come to, to patch up what was lacking. I came to bring a whole new way of doing things. And that must have come as a huge shock to the disciples. And it definitely came as a shock to the religious leaders of the day. But this is the new way, the new covenant that we live in as followers of Jesus. It's not about a religious show or about how you look to others or a matter of ceremonially uncleanliness of being unclean on the outside. It's a matter of the heart. And when your heart is washed pure by trusting in the work of Jesus on the cross, you as well, like Jesus, are supposed to share that good news with people who would be considered unclean or un impure or dirty or repulsive. That's what Jesus did, and that's what we're supposed to do too. And to close, I'll close with a Kairos moment that Dane, one of my youth boys, um, he had while reading Jesus' words. 
and I, and I love Dean's candid kind of stream of consciousness and how he's just typing it out to our group chat as a text, our Bible study group chat. And this is what he said when he, after reading this. He said, Jesus was eating with Levi and with sinners, and I found it super cool how Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need doctors, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. I just love this because Jesus shows how we can be with sinners and it's okay if they're not Christian. Because we, we can totally change their minds just by being around them. Because if we ask for help from Jesus, he will provide it and show the people who sin not just forgiveness, but also who he is. So I just thought that it was super cool because most of my friends don't know God and I've been talking to them about him and I feel I am changing their minds. I also used to think I had to befriend someone who believes in God when I was younger, but I now know that it is almost better to have non-Christian friends so we can show them God. Not that having Christian friends is a bad thing because it's awesome to have someone with the same beliefs. Then he ends with, so this is such a long text, I'm going to stop now. Ha ha ha, lol. <laughs> but I just love the faith that Dane has and the way that the word spoke to him and that it's, as he it came to the conclusion from looking at the life of Jesus, that it's almost better to have friends who don't know God so that we can show them God. I don't think I could have said it any better than Dane did. That's what it means to be fishers of men. That's what it means to walk in the new way of Jesus, to be friends with people who don't know him so that we can show them who Jesus is. I've heard it said that friends of Jesus bring friends to Jesus. And so I hope this week that you can walk in the new way of Jesus, that you can be fishers of men and share the hope that you have in Jesus with those who don't know him. Because right now, there's a lot of people who don't have hope. And so I think the harvest is plenty. So let's go out there and share our faith. Have a great weekend. Thank you.